This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Up next, we have Dave Marr. I saw Dave Marr, this is my plug, at a show called Psychotic Break, which I'm now a producer and uh, like a regular player at. Uh, Psychotic Break with Danny Black, who's here in the audience tonight. The next one is Wednesday, February 2nd. It's the first Wednesday of every month at Shuba's. And it is the next one's featuring Scott Whitehair, uh, Laura Bites, Chris Tranny. Um, but I saw Dave Marr there and he was doing a story about like basically dying and was in a coma and um, was like, oh, people thought I was dead. And then afterwards I was like, oh my God, I love your story about almost dying. Will you do the first time? You're hilarious. So I'm like an evil producer now. I was like, that's great. Let's do it. Um, So he has a show called Coma Show based on that story running at the Annoyance Theater. It's Wednesdays at 8 p.m. I saw it. It was really funny. The next one is February 24th. And he also runs a show called Back of the Party. Give it up for Dave Marr. Hello. Okay. Um... So I'm sure you guys are like, wow, that sounds like a great story about almost dying. And uh, yeah, I'm not telling that story tonight. Uh, That really interesting story uh, runs at the Annoyance every Wednesday at 8 p.m. You can go and see that there. Um, I'm going to tell you a different story. Uh, Yeah, so my name's Dave. And at the end of seventh grade, I had to piss like crazy. Everywhere I went all the time, friends' houses, church. I used to down sodas all the time anyway, but this was like I was taking it to another level. I had to pee all the time. And so I was racking my brain for explanations as to why this might be. And I remembered a kid in my third grade class. And this kid had what I would describe as the ultimate freedom. He had an unlimited bathroom pass. He could go to the bathroom whenever he wanted. The rest of us had to line up and go with the class. He could go whenever he wanted. Didn't even have to look at the teacher. Just had to leave. His name was probably something sickly like Owen. And uh, he could go to the bathroom whenever he wanted. And the rest of of, of us in the class were like, you know, teacher, teacher, uh, why is this? And it was explained to us that probably Owen had diabetes. And so that was why he was allowed to go to the bathroom whenever he wanted. So what I knew about diabetes was that it meant you had to pee a lot. And so that was in third grade. When I was in seventh grade and peeing a lot, I asked my dad, who was in med school at the time, I was like, Dad, I'm peeing a lot. Uh, Do you think I have diabetes? And he looked at me and he said, well... You're, you know, just hitting puberty. You're going through a lot of changes right now. But if it's something you're worried about, we'll go and get you tested. And so we did. And it was a very routine test. I had to pee in a cup. I got my blood drawn. And then I had to wait a couple of days. And in that couple of days, I started considering what it might be like to live life as a diabetic. Like what it would mean about who I was that I might be a diabetic. And at some point, I decided I had to take some agency back and, like, decide this myself. 
and the way that I was going to decide it was the way I decided a lot of things at that time, which was on the court, which means I grabbed my basketball and went over to my neighbor's basketball court that we had free reign over, and I decided I'm going to take some shots, and I'm going to shoot hoops about this in what in my mind was a decision uh, (laughs) of whether or not I had diabetes. And so I'm sitting there, standing there with the ball in my hands, and I'm like, if I make this shot, I don't have diabetes. <laughs> and I miss the shot. And yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and then, and I, yeah, I, I made the shot and I don't have diabetes. That's my whole story. Thank you guys. No. <laughs> what? I missed the shot. And uh, by the way, as much as I played basketball at this time, I was not good at basketball. This was a terrible venue to decide my future medical fate. I was like, yeah, I'll do this. Um, So I missed the shot and I was like, okay, what do I do? Best of three. (laughs) Which became best of five, which became best of 17 because All I had to do was sink two in a row, and I couldn't do it. I would get one, or I would miss one. I'm like, well, this is already going to be best of nine or whatever's next, but I'll just shoot this one. I would make, like, one every other one. Uh, So I eventually, you know, cheated, probably got closer to the basket, and uh, by the time I was probably, like, 12 of 21, I'm walking across uh, the cul-de-sac again, back into my parents' garage with the ball in my hand, uh, just thinking about, like, what if, I mean, this, this wasn't very decisive. Uh, what if I have diabetes? And so I'm walking uh, through my garage, and I stop uh, in the middle of the cars and look in the window of my parents, uh, like, sky blue with the wood paneling Dodge Caravan. And I'm looking in this window, and I'm looking uh, in the, in, at my reflection in the window of this van. And I start searching my own eyes. Just like for some part of my personality to reveal itself. And then I started trying on personalities. I looked and in my mind I was like, this is the face of a diabetic person. You're a diabetic. (laughs) Just trying it on. Like seeing what I could see, seeing what it felt like. And instead, all I really saw was a terrified, confused kid. Uh, So when I found out that the test had come back positive, and I did have diabetes, um, I met with an endocrinologist who was super cool and suffered from his own endocrine disorder, of which diabetes is one. He had Marfan syndrome, which means that you have like elongated extremities, a little bit of a droopy face. So it was like a really friendly skeleton was explaining to me that, uh, you know, what diabetes in the rest of my life would be like. And then he kind of rolled his eyes. He was a super cool guy. He rolled his eyes at this video he then played of these two creepy blonde children of, I'm just assuming, incest uh, on this playground saying facts about diabetes to the camera before, like, sliding down the slide. (laughs) Just like, you'll have to test your blood sugar frequently, like, on the seesaw. (laughs) So I learned I would have to test my blood sugar frequently, and I would have to give myself 
injections of insulin uh, at certain points throughout the day. And when I had been looking at my reflection in that van uh, window mirror, I had been searching for an identity for myself. I'd been searching for like, just give me something. And what I discovered was like a sentence. Diabetes felt like, oh, this is an identity for sure, but it's a negative identity. Um, of course, I didn't realize at the time, because I was a child, that I hadn't inherited an identity. I wasn't a diabetic, if I didn't want to be. I just had diabetes and had to deal with the reality of that. And so that's still a lesson that I am learning, to be honest. Um, that I'm not a diabetic, I just have diabetes. Because every once in a while, when I walk by an empty basketball court, I still think to myself, if I can just sink two in a row. Thank you guys so much. I 
Passion. listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Dave Marr. And The First Time 4 gave us their version of Farewell Transition by Songs Ohio. The First Time 4 is Steve Frisbee, Liam Davis, Gerald Dowd, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can find other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.